Hey, Rob Bradford here. You guys know I'm always up for a good MVP story, and one of the best stories is Wasabi Technology. Wasabi is the world's hottest cloud storage company, and it's become the go-to provider for professional and collegiate sports teams, including 20 major league baseball teams like the Red Sox and NHL teams like the Bruins and Vancouver Canucks. Even the Liverpool Football Club is getting in on the Wasabi action. So why is Wasabi the MVP? Well, Wasabi was purpose-built to free businesses from skyrocketing storage costs and unpredictable transaction fees that the Amazons of the world are charging. In fact, Wasabi is up to 80% less than those hyperscalers and doesn't charge a cent for businesses to access their data. From Wasabi's AI-enabled intelligent media storage, Wasabi Air, to the industry's only cloud storage service with triple protection against cyber criminals, data deletion, and ransomware, Wasabi's taking the lead in driving innovation in data storage and helping sports teams to unleash the power of their data. Wasabi, another Boston-based champion championship team this is the Budweiser Reds hot stove league presented by United Dairy Farmers the Reds are on the radio the hot stove league is brought to you by the Holy Grail Banks Tavern and Grill Norcom your audiovisual information technology solutions provider Norcom.com JTM Food Group let's create great dishes together Beacon Orthopedics and Sports Medicine and by MSA Design Design, create, innovate. The Reds Hot Stove League is brought to you by Kelsey Chevrolet, home of lifetime powertrain protection and guaranteed credit approval. From our family to yours for life, visit KelseyChev.com. RNL Carriers, your global transportation provider. Visit RLC.com today. And by United Dairy Farmers. UDF now makes donuts in our new family bakery from our own recipe. The Reds are on the radio. Now the Hot Stove League on the Reds Radio Network on 700 WLW. Welcome into the Reds Hot Stove League. Jim Day is mobile. He is here in studio this week, recovered fully from some uh, car trouble last week. Jim, welcome, and uh, great to have you back in the studio with us here on the Reds Hot Stove League with Jim Day. I am Tommy Thraw. You made it sound last week like it was like, you know, the uh, my pet uh, messed up my homework, you know. Yeah, well, yeah. there's there may be a part of me that... It kind of felt like maybe, well, maybe one of your pups bit into your tire I'll at your request, s- uh, and uh, I'll send you the bill I got for <laughs> fixing my car. <laughs> no, no, only giving you a hard time, of course, as as I'm required to do. Yeah. Uh, but uh, no, glad glad to have you. Lots glad of, to be here. If I was any better, I'd be Tommy Throw. Yeah, oof, I don't know about that, but uh, tell you what, finally some good news from the commissioner's office that we'll get to talk oh, about yeah. a little bit later on in the show. We'll dive into this a little bit more, but it mm-hmm. sounds like everything's going to start on time. Well, let's hope so. Fingers crossed on that. Uh, everyone needs it. We need some normalcy, right? We need to at least uh, try to to have a, a normal 2021 as we possibly can. Also announcing that there's going to be a limited amount of fans that are in the stands, and the Reds are on board with that. In fact, the Reds have had plans. Uh, they've been working behind the scenes uh, for a long time of uh, this contingency, this contingency. If we get this amount of fans, we're going to seat them there. They're, all, they're ready to rock right. and roll. Uh, they just need the go-ahead from MLB and obviously Governor DeWine, um, so they're ready to go. Yeah, that's that's very encouraging with the from the Reds' perspective as well. Just to get some folks in the building. Yeah, that that even even if it's not close to capacity, that there's just a different energy when there's people sitting in the stands. And and baseball is not like football. You know, yeah. football is once a week. You only get a handful of home games. 
And so when you have a football game that's uh, a quarter capacity, that feels weird. A baseball, not to say that uh, small crowds are great, but that's not that unheard of in baseball. Yeah. It, it happens, and it, it's just great to have that energy at the ballpark. You know, at this point, I'm even looking forward to someone yelling out, you stink, Jim Day. <laughs> I want to hear that. Good. Encourage that. That'll be great. No, Bring I just want to. That means the fans are in the stands. Yeah, it'll be uh, it'll be refreshing to, to see folks in the ballparks uh, once we get going. And uh, like I said, everything seems to be on schedule. That coming from the commissioner's office on the show this week. Uh, newly acquired Art Warren, who has a very fascinating story. Yeah. Pitched at UC. Ohio guy. Ohio native. And uh, the Reds acquired him. Last week, he'll be on the show. TJ Antone will be on the show shortly as well. And boy, what a rookie season TJ Antone had. I think he's going to be a guy that will really factor into this Reds pitching staff one way or another, whether that's in the rotation or he could be a very key piece in the bullpen as well. Another guy that has a story and it's more uh, hard nosed baseball of how he increased his velocity. A very interesting story. And I don't want to say coming out of nowhere, but close last year. And I think once we get him on the air, those that have not listened to him uh, do an interview, listen to him talk, he is a very, very likable guy. And you'll find out. He fits in that clubhouse perfectly. He has the ultimate confidence in his game at a very young age. I mean, he is 27 years of age, but as a rookie last year, uh, when you watch baseball for so long, you can immediately tell, okay, does he belong? Does he fit in? Is he standing out that, I don't know, immediately. You can look at him and say, you know what, he's, he's got it. And that goes back to spring training and watching him interact with guys in the clubhouse. I mean, you, you see him in the clubhouse, and it's just instantly, yeah. well, who's that guy? And, and then he fit in. This is a rookie fitting into the big league clubhouse in spring training. I thought that was very impressive. And that's one of those things where it just kind of, it, it, you notice that. And it, it's not something that is uh, really – it's not a trivial thing. I, I think that matters um, when, when guys just have that it factor. And other guys, for some reason, back in the day this never used to happen because you kind of – they ease guys in, they work in the bullpen first, and then become part of the rotation. Uh, guys like him, I should say, the highly talented guys are obviously going to go right into the rotation. Uh, but here's a guy that was a starter most of his life, and then all of a sudden, hey, we need you to work out of the bullpen. No problem. It didn't affect him whether he was coming out of the bullpen, didn't matter what inning, and didn't matter if he started. He was the same guy. So uh, I, it's one of those things that you can't coach, you can't teach. You either have it or you don't. He has it. And if you have that base to work with, then the sky's the limit with the talent that he has physically. And another reason to have a little confidence in this pitching staff, even though it may look a little different this year. There, there's That's just a, he's another guy. And then uh, we'll, we'll see what the future has in store with Art Warren. And like I said, it'll be fun to talk to him. Um, we'll, we're still working on getting T.J. Antone. He'll be on with us uh, momentarily. But while we have some time, let's get right into it and talk about uh, the commissioner's comment. It was sent out. It was a tweet that he said uh, basically. Commissioner tweets? Well, I saw it on Twitter. The office that, of the commissioner tweets. The office tweets. of the commissioner <laughs> tweets. I don't think Rob's got a Twitter. <laughs> well, that's a good thing. <laughs> if, if, you, if you do, Mr. Commissioner, don't look at the comments. Right. Probably save him a lot of grief. Um, he should go on there and just say, you know, don't at me. <laughs> That'd be great. No. No? No, no that would not be good. 
Uh, anyways, he basically uh, came out this week and told teams to prepare to start on time. Mm-hmm. Start for spring training as scheduled and uh, for a 162-game season. And, and you touched on it a little bit ago that I think we are starving not just in baseball but in life in general to have a sense of normalcy. And this is a huge step in that direction. And I think the other thing that it does is this helps teams plan for the season. You're not going to go out on a limb. You're not going to stick your neck out uh, with some possible financial constraints that could affect teams again mm-hmm. in 2021. You're not going to be, uh, you're not going to take the same risk that you would if you know that it's going to be a normal season. Now that you know everything's on target for everything to be normal, now, now you can start to make some moves and, and plan your season because if you're a team that lost a boatload of money last year and most of the teams did, that's that's going to affect the risk that you're willing to take with some unknowns and uncertainty going into the season. So this could be a big step in, in securing some of the offseason moves that we've been waiting to see. Yeah, plus, you got to set the calendar. You know, you, you've got to get uh, there's so many free agents that are left unsigned and teams sitting back. OK, what's going to happen? How many games are going to play if we're if we're not going to play till the summer, let's say uh, we don't really need to move right now. Uh, but if you set a date, listen, we're, we're rocking and rolling on this date, which we were, this is when we were going to start. So we're going to start on time. Let's get everything rolling. Let's sign your players. Let's plan for the, the season. Uh, let's get it going. I was glad to see the commissioner do it. Now, there's a lot of things that are going to go into, okay, what are the details? Are the protocols going to be the same? Are you going to have tears? Are you going to have no one in the clubhouse? Are you going to do all interviews via Zoom? What's your roster limit going to be? You're going to have more than 25 men again this year. Uh, so those are details that need to be worked out. But the starting, you've got to start with, all right, when are we starting? Right. And that's been set. Yeah, it's a huge hurdle that they've already jumped over to uh, get things going for the 2021 season. I think the other thing that they have to figure out at some point, what are the rules going to look like? What are, is there going to be a DH? Are you going to stick with the extra inning rule? Like you mentioned, the roster limitations. What are those going to look like? Mm-hmm. There's a lot of factors. The DH is a big one, too. Huge. I mean, that is, that is we, we got to get this figured out. And I think right now, the longer it's a bargaining it goes, chip, man, I've it been is, saying, oh, know, now they but, may have to cash that chip this year, but I'm telling you, it's a bargaining chip. But at, at this point, I think the longer and the closer you get to opening day, the more you just have to assume, hey, look, there's not going to be a DH in the National League. That's at yeah. least how I view it. Do you view it any differently? No, no. I mean, again, the number of games played, that was the contention with the players last year. We want to play 100 games, or what was it, 120, whenever they started talking. Uh, and then it came down to 60 games, which made the, the Players Association unhappy because they're pay, paid for the amount of games they play. So if you're saying you're going to play 162 games, that is huge for the players. So now we have a, a basis set. Okay, we're going to play 162, so let's talk about the other things. We'll see what happens. And, and I, I keep looking at this, and I feel like I've heard uh, contradicting things on, on who benefits the most by the National League using a designated hitter. Because you can look at it from the player's perspective. That adds an extra guy. It's going to extend careers. That means more money for players in theory. So I would think that that would benefit the players. Oh, big time. The players have wanted a universal DH for a long time. That's 15 more high-paying jobs. Um, And it's pitchers that, you know, there's very few pitchers that like to hit. Um, So 
uh, it, it changes everything. Now, the good news is, is if they don't have a DH, the, or if they do, the Reds seemingly have guys that can fit into that position. It's the same problem. I don't want to say problem. It's the same situation they had going into last year with, all right, how, who's going to get the playing time in the outfield? Whoever's not starting in the field that day, well, you're going to be the DH most likely. And Jesse Winker did a great job in that role last year. And the other advantage of it, you can spell guys, give them a day off, half day mm-hmm. off by using them as the DH. Yeah. And there's just a lot of advantages to that. I, I, I have to confess, as somebody that was not necessarily on board with the National League having the DH, I, I really didn't mind it last year, to be completely honest. I was shocked at the lack of production, not only on the Reds team, right. though, but league-wide mm-hmm. uh, from the designated hitters. I was stunned that it didn't add more offense. I, I, I think uh, there were a lot of guys that realized that's a little more challenging than, than what you'd imagine from a mental aspect. So well, there's no doubt. I mean, these guys, the, the best hitters that you're going to consider as a designated hitter have always played the field. Right. They're, they're the superstars on the team. They grew up playing shortstop, most likely. Um, so they've always been two-way players. Uh, so it is, it is a very hard adjustment to have to get up for four at-bats when that's all you're doing. That's it. Bat, at-bat, that's all you're doing during the game. Still trying to get T.J. Antone. Hopefully I have him after the break. You're listening to the Reds Hot Stove League. Presented by the Holy Grail Banks, Budweiser, and UDF on the Reds Radio Network. Welcome back to the Reds Hot Stove League. Phone lines are open. 513-749-7000. Pound 700 for AT&T customers and toll free 1-800-THE-BIG-1. With the one, the big number one, the big one, yeah, yeah. There you go. One eight hundred eight four three two four four one. Exactly. I almost did an extra four. <laughs> <laughs> Threw an extra four there. Whoop. Anyways, uh, talking some Reds baseball. It's the Reds Hot Stove League presented by the Holy Grail Banks, Budweiser, and UDF with Jim Day. I am Tommy Thrall. Thanks so much for listening to us and joining us on this Wednesday. Feel free to join the show. Love to hear what uh, you want to talk about. What are the Reds going to do at shortstop? Um, that's a that's a popular topic. Of course, we talked about that a little bit uh, last week as well. How are the Reds going to solve and fill some of the holes that they've got going into this 2021 season? I think they'll certainly have to get creative. The Reds Hall of Fame and Museum, presented by Densmore, is proud to present the Johnny Bench Home Run Collection. Each of the 389 baseballs are autographed and numbered by Johnny and delivered and a deluxe display frame with a photo collage and certificate of ownership. Quantities remain limited. Details are available now at redsmuseum.org. Uh, talking about the Reds and their offseason, certainly rumors abound. And, and, you know, I really, truth be told, haven't seen a whole lot of people hitting the panic button on some of these rumors. Uh, I think the, the one that had people the most concerned would be the possibility of maybe trading Sonny Gray. I see that as being very unlikely. The other one that's out there is the possible trade of somebody like Eugenio Suarez. And you, you, you make that move and you're starting to see this pop up more and more. If that's a move that gets made, I think you probably see Moustakas move back to third. And then maybe you have the money to go, maybe maybe you have the money then to go sign a, a big-name free agent at short. I mean, let me, 
let me rephrase this. Perhaps a D.D. Gregorius and Andrelton Simmons, a Marcus yeah. Simeon, maybe. Right. Those are the guys that are uh, the free agent shortstops that head that class. Uh, and D.D. Gregor- Gregorius is certainly a, a big name. Uh, and a former Red, um, he would be very intriguing. Simeon would be intriguing as well. I do think uh, if they you know, had a choice that um, – Garcia needs a little more time in, in the minor leagues. Uh, he was, I don't want to say they, they rushed him. The situation was as it is in 2020, uh, but he was overmatched at right. the plate and overmatched badly. So we, we need to refine it there. He needs to get, have a better eye at the plate, not chase balls out of the zone. I mean, they weren't even throwing him strikes. Uh, and he was he was striking out. So I I still think his future is bright. But you need a buffer. You need a stopgap until he's ready. You got to find somebody. Kyle Farmer would probably be that guy as it stands right now, unless you find a way to to yeah. fill that hole. Let's go to the phones. Aaron in Dayton. What's up, Aaron? Hey, how we doing tonight, guys? Great. So I I had a question. I was wondering uh, what you guys like. I think Castellanos and Shogo are locked in. Are, are we still assuming Nick Senzel is like 100% a go for, for opening day? Yeah, well, thanks for the phone call. I, I think so, yeah. I mean, there, there's no reason to believe that he wouldn't be the guy as long as he's, he's healthy. He will be the starting center fielder, and I think that's your primary outfield, those three guys. Yeah, okay. Uh, Over any Winker? Thoughts, any thoughts on the, uh, the catching situation? Well, I, yeah. Thanks for the question. Um, I think thanks, you'll, guys. yeah, appreciate it. I, I think you'll see that as a platoon, maybe not a straight platoon, no. but I, I think for the most part, you'll see Tucker in there on a regular basis. It, it could also come down to pitchers. Who who works best with what pitchers? It might be that kind of a, a mm-hmm. situation. But uh, I, I would I would think it would what maybe a sixty forty split there at catcher. You know that's going to be interesting to see. Uh, it was it was a platoon situation with Casale and Barnhart. You got the lefty righty bat, and you still have that lefty righty bat uh, with Stevenson being your right handed bat. But I think Tucker will get the primarily most of the duties. I mean, you don't want you know Stevenson not to get playing time at all. If there's a DH, Stevenson would be a guy that could uh, be in the designated hitter's role, especially if you have a Kyle Farmer who's an emergency catcher as well. Um, but I think Tucker will get primary most of, of the time, at uh, least to start. Right. You, you mentioned Winker in the outfield. It, it's a crowded outfield. There's yeah. no question about that. Yeah. Jesse Winker will still play a lot. I, I, I think if you were to pick a primary outfield, um, I, I still think it's the three I mentioned. I think it's, it's Shogo in left, Senzel in center, Castellanos in right. But they're, they're, Winker will play. He will get yeah. in. And how that'll all play out, I, I, I don't know how David Pell's going to manage that. Well, if Shogo is performing like he did at the end of last year, where he was an on-base percentage machine, uh, they need a leadoff hitter. That's, you know, that's still one of the question marks. We talk about shortstop and who's going to get the playing time in the outfield. Who's going to lead off? is another large question, and that might work to his favor. And he was the bat that the Reds were missing all of last season. Yeah. I mean, at the end, he was the guy that could could slap a ball down the line. I mean, he but was... Winker's gone, man. He's That August he had last year was off the charts. Well, so. his numbers took a huge step forward last year. Yeah. Uh, so, no question. 
We'll still try to get T.J. Antone, but we might have to push him back That's a week. That's what you get when you talk up a guy. <laughs> I know. Art Warren's next. The Reds Hot Stove League, presented by the Holy Grail Banks, Budweiser, and UDF on the Reds Radio Network. Welcome back into the Reds Hot Stove League, presented by the Holy Grail Banks, Budweiser, and UDF. We'll take your phone calls, 513-749-7000. Pound 700 for AT&T customers. I'm so accustomed to the pound sign being a hashtag, I almost want to say hashtag 700. Oh, jeez. For AT&T customers. I have no comment on that. <laughs> you have a lot of comments. You're just refraining from actually saying them. Uh, but to get this show back on track, let's welcome in <laughs> the newly acquired Art Warren. Art, thanks so much for taking some time to try to Put this train back on the tracks. How are you, man? I'm doing good. Thanks for having me, guys. No, it's our pleasure. I, I, I tell you what, you have uh, a remarkable story, and I just, I, I, I want to jump right into it because you pitched at UC. Uh, you're throwing gas there, but things just never got on track. Uh, you weren't having the success you wanted to. Then you get shut down and miss a year because of Tommy John. Uh, what was going through your mind at that point? I mean, I, I, I would have to imagine that the big leagues and the possibility of ever pitching on a big league mound were the furthest thing from your mind at that point. Yeah, I mean, there was definitely a lot of things going through my head. At, at one point throughout that um, injury process, I, I was told that I would never pitch again, period. So you can imagine what kind of stress that um, added to that whole situation. So, yeah, it was definitely a uh, course of trials and tribulations, that's for sure. Did you enjoy your time at UC? What did you think of Cincinnati? I loved it. Um, that, I mean, that's one of the biggest reasons why I, I wanted to go to Cincinnati. Um, I, I like the city, uh, the city vibe that they have. Campus is awesome, um, and they've done so much more to it now since I was, was down there, I guess, eight years ago, which is weird to say that. Um but, uh, but, yeah, you know, the football games are great. The baseball stadium is, is top-notch. I think they just redid the turf again. Um, facilities are great. Um, my teammates were unbelievable. I still have a really good relationship with a lot of them. It, I love my time down there. I think it was, it was a great fit for me just on the baseball side of things. It needed a little adjustment. So were you dialed into that Georgia game? <laughs> I was. You know, I <laughs> – I am more of a Buckeye fan, but I'm definitely still keeping tabs on, on Cincinnati and, you know, former Buckeye coach Luke Pickle down there. I mean, it, it's just unfortunate that the Bearcats don't get the recognition that they, they deserve. Well, for, for college football, it was kind of a, a tough bowl season for you then from, from that regard. But we don't need to get into that. We'll, we'll keep right. talking some baseball <laughs> for you. He's a Missouri uh, guy. Hey, uh, yeah, well. Didn't even play. Missouri didn't even play their bowl game. So um, yeah. I, I want to talk to you about uh, – when you found out that, that the Reds um, had selected you, basically, uh, it, what what did that mean when you heard that the Reds wanted you? I mean, what what, how, what was your reaction like? Well, I was I was stunned to be honest with you, just because um, having a little bit better understanding of the whole um, DFA process and and the order of waiver claims, and knowing that all the American League teams would have to go before any National League team. I mean. It definitely did run through my head that, you know, it would be cool to get claimed by the Reds, but I just kind of had a feeling the possibility of that was, was unlikely just because of the long list of they had, you know, the All-American League's teams first and then some a few National League teams before them. So 
when I got called by the Rangers um, front office telling me that they had worked out a trade with Cincinnati, I was in shock and I was like absolutely stunned and, and excited. I couldn't get off the phone with him fast enough to start calling my family and friends and let them know that I was coming home. Well, you actually, uh, well, you made your major league debut against the Reds. So uh, coming full circle a little bit, what I, you know, saw you pitch against the Reds, obviously. I think it was only a third of an inning. Um, but the video I've looked at you, man, you got uh, some pitches that the ball just drops off. I mean, it just drops off the table. We know what you've got. If you were going to self-assess yourself to the fans, what's your repertoire, what's your velocity right now, what's your out pitch? I would definitely say, I'm going to answer that in reverse order. My out pitch is, is definitely my slider. Um, and then backtracking to what you said, I think it's a perfect fit that um, – Cincinnati was interested in me, you know, the, the whole vibe of Cincinnati. Um, you know, that's what I like to do. I like to spin the ball. Um, and I'm going to come in Cincinnati and I'm going to throw heavy sliders and curveballs and finish with my fastball at the top of the zone. Um, my fastball can run anywhere from 94 to 99. And um, on good days, you know, I'll hover right around 96, 97, 98. So um, I like to use that fastball late and try to have some true ride behind it at the top of the zone. And I love to spin the, I love to spin the ball. That is like Derek Johnson. That's like the model, like right. you, you fastball, <laughs> play it up in the zone with a lot of spin and then spin it the rest of the time. That is, you're going to fit right in. Exactly. And, <laughs> and, and how much of a factor is that for you? When, when you, obviously you're from Ohio, so that plays into it some, but also how much of the, the fact that, the Reds are doing a lot with pitchers right now, and Derek Johnson has the reputation that he has. How much of all of that uh, are you looking forward to working with and, and, and getting to Cincinnati to, to work with some of these folks? Well, I, I think it's an absolute blessing. I mean, like you said yourself, DJ is his name. The amount of times that I've heard his name um, thrown at me since a trade has been remarkable. His reputation, I think he's got to be the hottest pitching coach and all of MLB right now, um, what he's what he's done with the Red staff, um, I think it's a great opportunity for me at this point in my career. I'm super excited. I think this is like I said a few times. This is the best case scenario I think for me to to get in the mix with the Reds and what they're doing over there. And just I'm so excited to see how they they're gonna just take me and develop me and you know see what they want to do with my arsenal. Well, Art, uh, certainly appreciate the time. Before I let you go, uh, it, we're certainly hoping that we see you at some point in Cincinnati with the big league club. So what do you feel like you need to do to make that happen? Uh, I would just say just take care of my own business. Um, so what I mean by that is control what I can control. Um, just head out to get here and get as many outs as I possibly can and not focus so much on the external things and just kind of stay you know, in my lane, and and uh, the rest will take care of itself. Certainly appreciate the time. Wish you all the best, and uh, hopefully we'll see you down in Arizona sooner rather than later. Awesome. Thanks, guys. All Thanks, right. Art. Art Warren joining us on the Reds Hot Stove League. We'll get to your phone calls coming up next. It's the Reds Hot Stove League presented by the Holy Grail Banks, Budweiser, and UDF on the Reds Radio Network.
With Jim Day, I'm Tommy Thrall. Welcome back into the Reds Hot Stove League presented by the Holy Grail Banks, Budweiser, and UDF. Sign your son or daughter up for the coolest club in all of Reds country for only 30 bucks. Your child can become a Reds Heads Kids Club member and get an exclusive backpack, jersey, sunny gray bobblehead, free Reds tickets, and access to members-only activities. Purchase today at reds.com slash kidsclub. Taking your phone calls now, 513-749-7000, pound 700 for AT&T customers. And let's go to Ron over in Indiana. What's up, Ron? Uh, yes, how are you this evening? Doing great. How are you? Good. Uh, I know the uh, minor leagues took a hit, not only with COVID, but uh, Major League Baseball wanted to uh, drop a, n- a number of affiliates. Will the Dayton Dragons be still affiliated with the Reds? Yeah, appreciate yes. the uh, phone call. Yeah, they will. In fact, they're yeah. moving up. Yep. So they will now be the Reds' high A affiliate. Good. That sounds great. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm ready. I'm ready. I don't know about you, but I'm ready for Arizona. Oh boy, that is an understatement for the two of us. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Jim, well, Jim thank you very I'm much. used to living yeah, out thanks. of a suitcase. Thanks, you know, been, so yeah, you yeah, and. Um, I'm used to getting on an airplane and traveling and yep. the whole thing and 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 I mean look at you, you you make Casper look tan. Listen, just because you replace the guy that used to drop lines like that doesn't mean you need to continue the the tradition. I didn't okay? use his line, but you do. You're the one that said we were sitting out there in the hall talking before the show started. You go, oh, man, I need some sun. So yeah. you're telling me just for vitamin D. Not for my looks. I have no shot. <laughs> so, it's, little, what, it's what it is. Need a I, have, I know my limitations. Yeah, well. Okay, if you want some sunshine and me to have a tan, uh, we'll go with it. But there I just go. need the sunshine for the vitamin D and the mental aspect of it. That's good. Yeah. Th- well, it's the sun's good for your, well, your soul, it, too. It took like three weeks for the sun to come out here. It, at least. You're telling me that... It was the <laughs> was starting to wonder if it shined here yeah. at Cincinnati no, in the wintertime. Uh, let's go to our next caller. TJ Antone what? is joining us now. TJ, thanks so much for calling in. Where are you calling from tonight? Man, I'm from, uh, I'm in Texas right now. Oh, okay. Well, look at this. We got a long, long distance listener. Yeah. <laughs> TJ. I <laughs> well, appreciate you calling in. Uh, uh, thanks so much for, for the time. Uh, it, Talk, talk to us about your first season. I, I gotta, I gotta hear about it because it's it, first of all, it's a weird season. Uh, you make your debut. You don't only have success out of the bullpen, but then you get moved to the rotation, and, and you have success there. What was your rookie season like? Man, it was interesting to say the least. Um, you know, I, I went to spring training. You know, one I call it 1.0 and 2.0. Kind of uh, differentiate the two, but I went to spring training 1.0, just, you know, looking for an opportunity. I just got put on the 40 man roster and, um, you know, I just wanted to show up and, and, and show some of the big league coaches that hadn't seen me yet, you know, what I'm all about. And, um, I came in there and I, and I was probably feeling better than I had in the past. I had uh, worked really hard that off season to, uh, you know, just be better and throw harder and, and, and worked on my craft a little bit. And, and it showed up in spring training and, and then we left and, um, I had got moved down like the day before uh, everything kind of shut down. So I was like, in my mind, I was like, okay, you know, going to AAA and, um, you know, just doing the same thing. Like, you know, I'll find my way in there this year. I'll, I'll get an opportunity or something and, and hope to, you know, do the best, you know, do as best as I can for it. And uh, came back to spring training 2.0 and 
they told me like, Hey, we, we need you kind of in a hybrid role. Um, if you are going to be in the big leagues this year, uh, as a starter and a reliever and be able to go kind of back and forth. So, um, they had me working both like working at, uh, like working up as a starter. And then, um, also, um, throwing my bullpens at higher intent to see if I could recover, uh, you know, well, and, and, and I felt great. And, um, I felt like I did well spring training 2.0 and, and went into the season and, you know, it was weird for all of us. So we're all learning and trying to figure out like, Oh, can we do this? Can we do that? Oh, nope. Can't do that. You know, I guess we'll, and then of course a lot of complaining, you know, cause uh, it wasn't not, not for me though. Cause you know, I didn't really know what a normal big league year was like, but all the other guys were like, man, this is different and that's different. I'm just like, Hey, this is great. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, it was, it was fun. You know, I, I, you know, I got the opportunity. I got the call. Um, I, I, I went to, we had like Pratt, we went to Prasco was our backup site. And, um, I got the call on the second day of season and, um, you know, hustled down to the field and, and didn't end up get, having my debut until like, I think the third or fourth game of the season, um, uh, right. came in after Miley and, you know, I just, I just wanted to get in there and, and do the best that I could. And, um, I always tell people when I was running in, uh, on my debut when I was running in from the outfield, I had like almost passed out. I felt really lightheaded. And so I had to like stop at the cut of the grass and like really slow down my breathing. And I think I warmed up in like two pitches. Like wow. <laughs> I was probably throwing harder in my warm up pitches than I was in the actual game. Uh, but yeah, I just, you know, I was against the Cubs and I, and I knew that the lineup was good and that, that, that team was really good. And um, you can't really think about any of that. You just have to, you just have to, take what you have and take it to the table and, and, and play with it. You know, it's, it's, you don't get to choose your cards, but you, you know, you can choose how you play them. And uh, I set guys up good. I, I threw well. And, and I learned a lot from that first outing. I was like, wow, that was, that was different. That was a big league roster uh, that I just faced. Uh, and then I, I had a lot of good, good guys on my, my side that were walking with me and teaching me like Tony Gray and Trevor Bauer. And then the, the whole bullpen, like Amir and, and Lorenzo and, they were all just kind of walking with me and, and talking to me and teaching me like, Hey, you know, we should do this. You should do this. Like, what about you? What do you think about this? And it was really cool to learn from, you know, all those years of experience and along with, you know, DJ and Caleb Cotham and uh, Lee tunnel. And it, it's, it's really good. And then David Bell's, you know, just absolutely incredible manager. Love playing for him. So I, mean, I can't ask for a better team to play for or an organization. And uh, I'm just very, very grateful that they gave me that opportunity this year. Well, TJ, we got a lot more we want to talk to you about. So if you don't mind, stick around and uh, we'll wrap things up with you and the show on the other side cool. of this break. You're listening to the Reds Hot Stove League presented by the Holy Grail Banks, Budweiser and UDF on the Reds Radio Network. Wrapping things up on the Reds Hot Stove League. We'll get back to TJ Antone in just a minute. But first, did you know about the Reds Rookies Baby Club? It's perfect for fans up to three years old. Whether it's a gift or your little one, the Reds Rookies Club has it all, including a diaper bag, clutch, and your choice between an organic cotton muslin blanket or Turvis Sippy Cup, plus members-only activities, tickets, and more. For additional information, visit reds.com slash fan clubs and we continue now with tj antone tj it was uh it was fun to watch you during your rookie season and we made the comment earlier and i've made it several times that you look like you just you belong from the get-go that you felt like you belonged there did you have the same feeling or were you kind of faking it did you have <laughs> questions in your mind because it didn't look like you did um what were you most surprised about the successes that you had and more importantly what about the failures? What do you think you have to work on now that you've been through it? 
Oh yeah, I I, um, I fully believe that I belong there. Um, you know, my I, I I think if you believe something and you you attack it and like say it's a goal or something in life and you attack it, I, I think you can you can fully manifest it. So, um, you know, I, I, from the beginning, I thought I was a big leaguer and I, I wanted to be, I want to pitch in the big leagues for 15 years. And I've always said that. So that's the goal and, uh, I'm going to make that happen. So, um, but in terms of successes and failures, um, yeah, I just, I, I was really pleased with the, my swing and miss rate this year. Um, I, I hadn't ever had that high a swing and miss rate. I don't think in, in the minor leagues, um, I had a little flash of it. And at the end of AAA, when I kind of made an adjustment to a couple of my pitches, but I didn't know if that was sustainable, um, through like a, a full season and, and it wasn't a full season, but it was still more than two games like I had in AAA. So, uh, I was very pleased with, with some of the swing and miss metrics that I had on, on my, my pitches. And then going forward, uh, or in, in terms of like, um, um, you know, failures and stuff. There's a couple missed pitches, um, but I think it can all be kind of related back to um, command on the fastball and, and, and kind of just consistency with the fastball. Um, you know, there's a, there's a lot, like people don't see, um, you know, they see velocity and stuff and when you're throwing it and like, oh, this guy's throwing hard or whatever, but there's, there's a lot of spin metrics that, um, that, are, that people don't see. And so in terms of that, I was working on some spin efficiency problems. I was kind of cutting off the ball a little bit, which was causing me to miss locations a lot. And, um, and so in my mind, I, was, I thought I was like, move, I was moving correctly to throw the strikes and throw the pitches where I was trying to throw them, but I was actually cutting it. So the ball wasn't moving as I, as I was intending it to. So I'm, I'm working on that this off season to be more consistent there. And, um, and kind of get after that. Sounds good, TJ. Appreciate the time. That's all the time we have. Big thanks to TJ Antone, Art Warren, Jim Day. I'm Tommy Thrall. We'll catch you next week on the Reds Hot Stove League. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.